0: I'm Emma G. Rose. I'm Shell Shearer. We're indie authors. And this is Indie Book Talk. Hello and welcome back to Indie Book Talk. Today we're going to try a little experiment. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as devious as it sounds. Uh, <laughs> Shelley got, for Christmas, I guess, got this deck of cards. And it's called Mithulu. Those of you who don't know what Mithulu is, and I did not before Shelly told me about it, uh, may be interested in this little description I just found online. Mithulu creation cards challenge the stagnant pool of tropes and cliches that clutter your creativity. That sounds
1: fun. It is. (laughs) So, essentially what it is. So, I only have the starter pack. Apparently there's a bunch of expansions you can get. But the starter pack comes with 150 cards. It has six groups in the cards. There's a stack for elements, a stack for habitat, a stack for characters, a stack for relationships, traits, and textures. And then what it does is it gives you, like, ideas. Like, so if I wanted to build um, an adult character, I would pull at least two of the character cards. I would pull a relationship card and a, is that, a texture and a trait card. I was like, that doesn't make sense. Why would I need a texture for an adult character? <laughs>
0: this character feels scaly. He's,
1: he's so soft.
0: <laughs> uh, we should also point out here that this is not like a paid advertisement or something. This is just us letting you in on the kind of silly stuff we do when we're not recording podcasts. So... <laughs> Well, I was hoping
1: it would kind of give me ideas of different characters because you do. You kind of keep thinking of the same types of characters and, you know, you may not think of different things. So I figured we'd just jump in and try one. Do you want to try an adult character and then give them an arc?
0: So we're going to make a character and like a development line, story. So here's some
1: of the drawing suggestions that it gives me. You can pick which ones we want to go with. I've got an adult character, an animal, architecture. A child character, a burial tradition, a character arc, a disease, an episode idea for a series, fashion, gender roles, habitat, race, rite of passage, seasons, or weapon?
0: Okay, so I don't want to do a disease because, yeah, (laughs) I'm curious about the burial thing, but I think we should stay on brand here and go for an animal.
1: An animal, okay. Yeah. So that is two textures. All right. So our appearance is a tattoo. Um, and it just says, mark to identify scars or remember. It's got this picture of a guy holding a baby covered, and the guy's covered in tattoos. The baby's not covered in tattoos.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me there was a
1: baby covered in tattoos,
0: and I was like, Whoa. <laughs>
1: And then the other one is fractals, which is repeating patterns recurring or progressively at progressively smaller scales found in chaotic phenomena like crystal growth, fluid turbulence, and galaxy formations. So our animal is a combination of fractals and tattoo. So
0: when I heard tattoo, I immediately thought snake. Okay. And then when
1: I heard fractal,
0: like that always makes me think of science, physics-y kind of things. So now we have like a cosmic snake in my mind with like a really complex scale pattern. I don't know what we're going to do with our cosmic snake, but I assume the cards will tell us.
1: I hope so. Let's see here. All right. Our next thing is an element. Wood. I don't know how we're going to have a wooden snake. We got this. Represents strength... Found through enduring storms and acquiring, my gosh, that's small writing, (laughs) acquiring (laughs) wisdom over time. Okay, so maybe not wood itself, but strength and endurance. I think we can still factor that in. I think,
0: well, okay, because I, I mean, Cosmic Snake, right? So maybe he's been like slithering through the universe for a while, like a long time, getting bigger, getting stronger, enduring. He's a god, snake. god snake. He's we, out there. We've yes.
1: created a snake god. Yes. We've got this. Excellent. Okay. His terrain. Ooh, it's a dust bowl. Uh, oh, oh no, no. This works. This works. An abused or overused habitat that is dying. So this poor cosmic state god has left his world because it was dying, and he's now trying to find a new habitat.
0: Oh, no. Poor thing. <laughs> Does that? He probably has no followers left. They've all you know dehydrated and died and now he's all alone on this planet and he's gonna quest off into the universe do you think he can just like float through the universe or does he need like some sort of snake spaceship no he's gonna float i think he's gonna float i think he he floats.
1: floats or teleports in some way i think maybe like i don't know space phenomena
0: well i feel like if we teleport him then that like limits our opportunities for weird adventures to happen along the way true he should float. He can kind of float or slither like through the nothingness of space and between stars. Like that's kind of cool.
1: That is cool. All mm-hmm. right, we have one less card for him. His character mm-hmm. is tangled. Something oh, useful no! or beautiful that has fallen into chaos to the point of losing its function indicates neglected responsibility. Our poor little snake god has had a bad life. <laughs>
0: so. Well well now maybe maybe um he went through <laughs> maybe he went through an asteroid belt <laughs> and he got tangled up and now
1: he's okay. stuck in the asteroid belt Maybe it's his emotions that are tangled.
0: Maybe- well, I mean, I guess if you want to go that direction. <laughs> <laughs> maybe
1: his, his feelings and emotions about this whole being adrift in the galaxy are just causing chaos and turmoil in him.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe he might feel like he wasn't a very good god. I mean, if if his whole planet is dead and he has no followers left and he's now bereft and floating through space, like, yeah, he might have some feelings about his job performance.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm not sure we did very well on that one. <laughs> I loved it. I, someone
0: write this for us, please. Thank you.
1: All right. How about burial? We're both, we both love burial things. Yes. Okay. Disposal method is the first one. So our disposal method is wind. Interesting. Okay. Represents connection to the unknown, responsible for storms, pollination, erosion, uh, spread of disease, and pollution. So, I mean, wind is fine. I mean, especially cremation. You could let the wind take people away. I can see where that would work. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like we're going to tie them to a balloon and set them on fire or something. So that's, that's fine.
0: I mean, you could tie them to a balloon and set them on fire. Legitimately, do you want to hear something incredibly beautiful? Yes. So this is to do with burial. Um, I knew a young lady named uh, Sienna, and she was a delightful young lady. She was 17 when she died uh, with cancer. Oh. And her big thing was she wanted to be remembered. And so I feel comfortable mentioning her on this podcast so all of you people now know she exists. So Sienna... Um, Before she died, she made this plan with her family that her ashes, some of her ashes, would be put into space. And so they put her, with a a photo of her, with a bunch of little Lego minifigures stuck to it, they put um, some of her ashes in a a balloon, which apparently you're allowed to do under the right circumstances, and they released it and it had a, a camera on it. And so there's this beautiful video where the... You're watching the balloon go into space, and then, of course, when it gets high enough, it pops, and the ashes just sort of go. That is beautiful. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, and I've never watched it without crying.
1: Oh, see that—that would actually work perfectly with wind. It's—it's unique and it's lovely, and it's—you know—it's not something that most people would think of.
0: Yeah. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna let's see where we go from there. Balloons with ashes.
1: All right, so the next one is last to touch the body at the funeral. Um, it says draw two relationship cards. So it's these two people are the last two people. Uh-oh. And it's velvet and vibrating. So hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> so velvet uh, is labor-intensive weave of fabric that mimics soft fur of a young buck's antlers. And vibrating is a gentle resonant rumble. It has a picture of a kitten usually felt when some kind of energy is flowing freely. So to me, that might be like a beloved pet. Yes, definitely. So that, that calls out to me like her, her beloved cat or dog came up and was the last person to put bl- like their nose on her or something as a farewell. Aww. All right. You get the next one. It is disenfranch- disenfranchised grief. My, what a word. And that is yin and yang. Opposing dissonant forces that rely on each other for balance. Powerful forces in the world. Oh, man. Give me a hard one. <laughs> Wait. So what am I supposed to be doing with this? Oh, it just says disenfranchised grief. I don't know how that one works.
0: Um... Well, I mean, disenfranchised grief is usually somebody who, like, doesn't feel the – that like, they have the right to grieve somebody or doesn't – like, a lot of times it's, you know, your, your ex dies and that's a disenfranchised grief or – even somebody that you were like enemies with, but now they're gone, and so it's a whole thing. So that um, kind
1: of works with the opposing. So yeah. maybe an enemy suddenly realizes what they've lost from their life, and they have to rethink. You know, did they make the right choice? Should they have you know reconnected? Hmm. 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 Unless you can think of something else.
0: No, no. I like. I mean, that's always a good one. I'm not sure how that's going to fit into the story yet. Okay, let's keep going, and we'll see what we come up with.
1: Okay. The last one is the method of remembrance. And for that, we have woven fibers lovingly tangled into a useful shape.
0: Oh, so our our disenfranchised person who is feeling like, they, oh, sorry, I like went off on a thing. Okay, <laughs> so the disenfranchised person who is feeling like they don't have their room to grieve has now um, made a, a hook rug out of uh, discarded cat fur Ugh. representing <laughs> representing the person that they have lost <laughs> cat for come from? Of- because you were talking about the pet and the little kitten. Oh, be the last okay, one. okay. And so, see, now the person who is disenfranchised, they they are now responsible for the cat. Right? So they got the, 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 they were separated, but they had bought the cat together and then they separated and then our person died. Right? Uh-huh. And so now the the ex now has possession of the cat. And so their method of grieving since the cat was the last person to, to touch their beloved, who they didn't know they were still beloved of. Uh, mm.
1: <laughs> so this is their method of mourning. It's is to weave a, a death rug out of cat fur. Yes. Okay, I'm on board.
0: <laughs> All forms of grief are
1: valid. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> Just make sure that fur is naturally shed. Don't, don't shave yeah. your cat.
0: Please don't, please don't shave your cat. There are legitimately people, though, who not shaving their cat, but who make... Um, remembrance things but also like other things out of unconventional fur so like oh yeah my dogs have
1: undercoats and they people use that for weaving and i'm like okay
0: (laughs) you know when you don't want to waste resources
1: these are choices you
0: make that
1: would be great so that is that is our burial tradition
0: Do We We could take our burial tradition and our snake god and somehow squash them together into a single story. Is that the goal, or is it just...
1: It depends on how you want to work it. You can do it that way, definitely. Or we can give our burial tradition enemy a a character arc. Um, Oh, let's give him
0: a character arc. Let's see what happens to him.
1: (laughs) Okay, so it's a him. We're going him.
0: I feel like a man and this is going to be really stereotypical, but I feel like a a man is more likely to be the disenfranchised griever because he may be a little less in touch with his emotions at the time of the separation.
1: Okay. So supposedly this arc starts. (laughs) It's sticky. Persistent, unpleasant residue that clings after minor contact. This is great. This is great. It goes. It's perfect. (laughs) So unpleasant contact with the dead i don't know like the well i think we can interpret that
0: as the, the you know the unpleasant contact he's still he's still kind of in that sticky space of the separation so yeah he's grieving but he has that unpleasant like yeah but i hated her but i loved her but i hated her you know so i think we can start that as the beginning of our arc
1: okay the catalyst for change is water Currency of life symbolizes connection, breaks boundaries, nurturing. So he's taking over the cat and he realizes with nurturing the cat, he gets in touch with his feelings somehow.
0: I like this. I like this. Maybe the cat starts talking to him.
1: Ooh, a talking cat. Okay. Yeah, because we need a talking cat in this story. Maybe instead of a snake, we could have had a cat with an interesting coat color, like a calico, but with cool pattern calico
0: ooh yeah let's go back and retroactively change that entire storyline do it okay so now we have the cat <laughs> everything's the same it's just a cat instead of a snake yes fine.
1: <clears throat> all right and then the what is it what stays consistent unequal heavily outmatched in relevant qualities or resources
0: oh oh so we have our little our little cat who's his pet cat right like the one that he's taking care of but then we have our cat god who's been traveling through space and so now we have cat god wants to come and be like oh earth looks nice I could take this place <laughs> right and our talking cat and our anti-hero guy here are the only ones who know that this is about to go down well I mean other cats know but they can't talk only our cat can talk yes <laughs> So he's like relaying this to humans because he's like, hey, dude, I don't have thumbs. Can you help me with this eminent invasion of
1: cat god? And that works because his end arc is being torn, forcibly separated or continue to exist separately. So he's torn and is like, you know, I'm trying to help you guys and tell you about this cat god and no one's believing me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like everybody thinks maybe he's gone a little crazy with grief, and he's not thinking straight. And he's like, the cat's talking to me, but the cat won't talk to anyone else because she's like, they'll put me in a cat zoo or a TV show or something. We got to do this on our own, and he's like, no, we need the FBI, and they won't help us. Okay, so that's terrible story. story. I love it.
1: (laughs) It is terrible, (laughs) but I can see where it could give you. Thoughts and ideas to work with. I
0: feel like the place where this would be most useful, because now I kind of want these, the place where this is most useful is when you get to that point in a story where you're like, oh man, I know I got to go somewhere, but I'm not sure where. And everything I think of is just sort of like the same things I've done before. Because when you start to smash different things together in your head, uh, especially as a pantser, I feel like having something that's like an external thing to say, hey, maybe you could go this way and just right. sort of explore that. I think that could be really valuable.
1: And some of it, I mean, the cards are really beautiful, the the images on the cards. Mm-hmm. So you could just go, rather than reading them, you can just go by the feeling you get from the cards um, or just a word here or there. And it says, you know, sometimes maybe just draw four character cards and see what ties them together and build that character that way in your brain.
0: Well, they so are pretty.
1: you're supposed to be able to like build them however you want. I mean, obviously, you can go very, very silly. Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I have to
0: say that I'm I'm writing a story right now that involves uh, tarot cards as like part of the story, and so sometimes when I get stuck in the story, I just go and like spread out the deck and see what po- catches my eye.
1: Which I think is kind of how this is supposed to work. Like, yeah. use it to like unstick your brain a little bit. <laughs>
0: yeah, unstick yourself. <laughs>
1: We were dealing with a sticky burial earlier. We we have things.
0: <laughs> now I want to wash my hands. Okay.
1: <laughs> so there you go, everybody. If you think that would help for you, you can go check out the Mafulu creation cards. And uh, come to Twitter and tell us
0: uh, what other tools you use for unsticking your brain or otherwise getting yourself moving when you're not sure where you're going in writing.
1: Or very much tell me what you created using these. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. If anyone wants to share their stories based on their Methulu cards. Also, I think the Methulu company has some sort of magazine or something where they take submissions. I didn't really dig into that, but it's on their website, so it might be worth looking at.
1: Well, in this little booklet it comes with, there's an app, videos, a Discord channel, a podcast, VR, and even private private consultations, I guess, to help you... Learn how to read the cards and work with them. I, I don't know. Seems like uh, a lot of stuff going on that you can work with. Cool. But again, this is not an ad. This is just, I happen to have them, and we decide to give them a try. <laughs> we don't have ads, but we do get excited about things. <laughs> <laughs> because we are writing geeks. We can't help it.
0: <laughs> and we don't want to help it, frankly. Exactly. <laughs>